0: The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Okay, so we got our six qualifiers for the helmet and uh, football giveaway tomorrow. They are Ryan, Lisa, D, Roberta, Kent, and Neil. Neil was this morning's qualifier. Tomorrow, during this time, we'll give away that BYU-signed Kalani Sitake official football helmet. Not a mini helmet, this is a full-size real BYU helmet signed by the coach himself and it will also draw a second prize winner which will be that signed byu football one of those uh, six people will win the helmet the other the other one of those six people will win the uh, football so cool stuff there as uh, we get you ready for christmas maybe that last little present you needed under the tree to make it a Perfect Christmas, so uh yeah, look forward to look forward to giving that away actually tomorrow we 're going to give away a lot of stuff during the morning show we 're going to give away uh pizza smoothies. Uh, I have tickets to BYU basketball for next Saturday. A lot of you have the weekend off. It'd be perfect to go up there and watch BYU play Oral Roberts. And uh, of course, tomorrow we give away that helmet and football as well. It's nine eleven on News Radio 890 KDXU. Thanks for joining me. This is the Andy Griffin Show. A couple of topics I want to jump into. We also have uh, at the bottom of the hour the. Vibrant You Show with Stephanie Parrish will be joining me on the air at 9.30, but uh, let's get into a couple of things. First of all, let's talk about getting fired. Have you ever been fired from a job? You ever thought, oh, I'm doing a great job, and then just out of nowhere, you walk in, and uh, yeah, they've got they've got uh, the the secretary, the HR secretary or whoever is there and the boss is there and they have a little file folder on the desk and you walk in and you think to yourself, I hope this isn't what I think it is. Uh, And uh, before you know it, you're being escorted to your desk to clean it out and you're on your way hitting the bricks, so to speak. I've been fired a few times in my life. Uh, Generally speaking, I felt like that uh, I, was, I was in the right and the people who uh, fired me were in the wrong. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, but uh, obviously we have to feel like we're doing the right thing, right? Like uh, the, one time I got fired because I said something on the air that I felt was exactly correct and accurate, but the client that uh, basically brought the firing about felt like it was incorrect. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It was I was it was a Dixie State football no, no baseball rather baseball broadcast, and uh, we had this was oh man this had to have been 20 years ago 15 to 20 years ago, and uh, we uh, we did a broadcast and uh, something happened on the air that made one of the uh, Dixie State players uh, seem like they weren't trying very hard. I commented on that. The AD at the time. Now remember, this was this was a while ago. This a couple of ADs ago. Uh, the AD at the time d- took exception to what I said uh, and complained. Uh, we had, you know we had a contract with Dixie State. Complained to my bosses. My bosses uh, actually supported me somewhat, but when it came right down to it, uh, and by the way, in this room there was a, there was. A, a a couple of representatives from our uh, from our radio station. Uh, there was a couple of representatives from the university. Actually, more than one. There was like five people in the room from the university. And a couple of the people actually stood up for me and said, well, he's the color commentator, and he called it like he saw it, and he was not inaccurate. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. And uh, I got, uh, I got uh, basically fired from Dixie State Broadcast. The good news was they tried a couple of other replacements uh, when football started. And uh, within about four or five weeks, I was back on the air. Because the couple of replacements didn't weren't getting getting the job done either, so I, I feel somewhat vindicated in that. and again, this is I mean this is old management at the radio station, old management at the at the university uh, and it's uh, water under the bridge, and uh, you know not a big deal to me. Second time we got fired was when the university decided to go in-house on their radio and they actually didn't really fire me. they fire, they suspended and, and fired our radio station and went in-house. And that was that was a really tough one because they brought in a guy who was obviously not very good. Uh, this and this, this was probably ten years ago, maybe twelve. Uh, and their radio signal—they were using a a radio a, a university radio signal that was really weak. In fact, if you weren't in right in downtown by the by the college, you couldn't even pick it up. You know, if you drove to Santa Clara or Washington or. Uh, Ivans or Hurricane and you just you couldn't listen to Dixie State games, and so they, they, uh, they really shot themselves in the foot. That, that was that was a weird little transition time for the university because they also fired longtime legendary football coach Greg Crowshaw, citing some some sort of reason of why he. It was when they were transitioning to Division Two, so that all kind of came close to the same time, and uh, I think it helped it alienated the community a little bit to the to the university. They're getting back now. You know, winning helps. Uh, going Division One, I, I think, is a huge step for Dixie State. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I've sidetracked myself. Back to the firing. So uh, there was a, a third time where I was fired. It was a, a media uh, conglomerate here in southern Utah, not the cu- one I currently work for. And it was a matter of uh, a boss and I having a disagreement having to do with ethics and integrity. And I very much feel... Like I did the right thing in that instance. And uh, as it turned out later, that same boss got fired and reassigned for another breach in uh, in ethics. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I feel pretty good about those. But the reason I bring it up is today the CEO of Boeing Corporation was fired. This guy's name is Dennis Muhlenberg. And uh, it's replaced him with a guy who was the chairman of the board, Chairman David Calhoun. But, uh, you know, it's been much documented what's gone on with uh, with Boeing. They had that 737 MAX airplane uh, that had some software issues, basically put the plane into a nosedive uh, without the pilots really figuring out what was going on until it was pretty much too late. There were two separate Plane crashes involving the seven thirty seven Max, and that involved the death of several hundred people. Now, you get fired, and, and 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 you know people die. That's that's a pretty big deal. Now, what they didn't do was they didn't fire him right away. And in fact, Calhoun or excuse me, Muhlenberg defended the company and said, that wasn't our fault. It was, you know, it had nothing to do with us at first. And then investigations were had and they figured out that it was, in fact, the airplane and that the uh, proper checks and and proper uh, software were not installed and inspected. Anyway, uh, so he got fired. This morning after their latest embarrassment that did not involve the the loss of lives, but it did involve embarrassment for Boeing. Now, Boeing was behind that new Starliner. I don't know if you heard about this. I remember this uh, happened over the weekend. They talked about the Starliner was going to dock with the space station. Uh, unfortunately, the flight control system fired at the wrong time shortly after launch, and that put Starliner in the wrong orbit, meaning a planned docking with the International Space Station was not going to happen. Now, the craft did return safely to the Earth. There was no one on board anyway, so no one was going to die, but it did return safely to the Earth But major embarrassment, especially when you consider that it was the basically the same type of software, the uh, flight control software. That caused the screw up in this case as well. Muhlenberg finally, you know, he said, "I can't, I can't really defend this any longer," and he was uh, he was canned today. And interestingly enough, uh, Boeing shares rose two and a half percent this morning as the stock market uh, opened. So apparently, investors are happy that Muhlenberg was fired. Uh, The bad news, of course, is that. the 737 MAX airplane, nobody will ever trust that airplane again. Would you get on the 737 MAX, knowing its history, knowing its software problems, knowing that there have been two fatal crashes involving more than 300 people? Would you get on that airplane? I don't want it. I don't want to fly on that. In fact, the name Boeing kind of makes me a little nervous now because if they screwed it up on the 737 MAX, is it screwed up on other airplanes? I don't know. All right. I'd like to know if you have been in an airplane crash And if you have, uh, not an airplane. If you have been in a job crash, hopefully it didn't lead to an airplane crash. And if you have been in a job crash, you've been fired. Were you justified? Do you feel like it was worth it? Uh, Do you feel like that uh, they they did you wrong? Let's go to the phone lines. All right, we got uh, all the phone lines are lit up. So we'll we'll go to. uh, Let's see. All right. Okay, line one. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you? Andy, I'm doing well. Uh, I'd like to answer your other question.
1: I think it's uh, much more interesting, and that is, would I get on a 737 MAX? Would you? And the answer, oh, absolutely, I would. You would? You know, I. Yes. I was an aircraft mechanic for 25 years, and I've worked on every one of these airplanes. The 737 is very similar. The MAX isn't that much difference. It's had electronics added on to it, and of course they moved the engines, which everybody wants to make a big deal about. But let me tell you a little little story that I experienced uh, when I went on vacation here a couple of weeks ago. Okay, I, I spoke to uh, four 737 pilots, and all of them have flown the MAX. Mm-hmm. And they said exactly the same thing that I thought all along as an aircraft mechanic, knowing very well what the proper procedure is when your airplane does what the MAX did. So let me, I'll put it in, in relation with what most, most people could understand. Okay. If you were driving your car on cruise control down the, the freeway, and all of a sudden it began to accelerate, what would you do?
0: Well, obviously, turn the cruise off.
1: Yeah, you'd shut it off, right? Sure, sure. Well, it's exactly the same thing with the 737 MAX. The airplane began to do something, uh, which obviously they didn't—they the pilots didn't want it to do. And instead of disconnecting, the horizontal stabilizer, because that's what was causing it. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks about software and, and, uh, you know, NCAS and all these other things. Now, there are, you know, issues that, that I wouldn't bore anybody with in this conversation. But the bottom line is the pilots did not disconnect the autopilot, which was flying the airplane. And that airplane could have been saved. Both of those airplanes didn't have to crash. And all four of these pilots that I spoke to confirmed that. What they experienced is called a runaway horizontal stabilizer. And it can happen for uh, many other reasons, not just MCAS and not just on the MAX. And if they would have simply disconnected the horizontal stabilizer, which is a very easy thing to do, any pilot, any mechanic who's worked on one knows exactly how to do it, and they could have flown the airplane safely. And that's really the bottom line on all of this. And anybody who's honest will tell you that. I think this boils down to we simply don't want to blame some brown pilots. It would be completely politically incorrect to try to blame the pilots Hmm. when, you know, because they they were. And and by the way, anyone who's followed this story knows that there was a, a pilot flying jump seat the day before in the airplane that crashed. And the exact same thing happened. That pilot who wasn't flying the airplane, he was just sitting there observing. Uh, was able to save the airplane by doing exactly what I just said, disconnecting the horizontal stabilizer, and now you can manually fly the airplane like any airplane can be flown. Well, Let
0: let me ask you this question. Is it possible they didn't notice it was happening? Is it possible? uh, I I mean, I don't know. I'm not a pilot. I'm not a mechanic. Is it possible they didn't know it was happening?
1: Absolutely not. The nose nose of the airplane uh, pitched down. The airplane began to go into a nosedive. Yeah. And they absolutely would have known. And, you know, they just kept fighting the airplane. It would be like you fighting your cruise control. You keep trying to steer the the car left instead of disconnecting the cruise control, instead of disconnecting the horizontal stabilizer, which, again, there's two switches right to the uh, adjacent to both of them. And the pilot who was riding jump seat did exactly that, and the airplane flew, and they were able to land. The very next day, that airplane crashed.
0: Because because somebody didn't know what to do.
1: It's pilot error. They weren't properly trained. And I can't for the life of me understand why Boeing hasn't been defending themselves in all of this. It's the airplane's fault. It's software. It's the FAA. Boeing is imploding. And, And you said it yourself. You kind of are a little leery about getting on a Boeing airplane. Right. Boeing is a fantastic company they've been making safe airplanes for for decades and now because of bad pr because of all of this speculation and i'm telling you andy it goes back to the pilots this was 100 percent pilot error now yes of course the airplane had a a problem and that's what put it in that situation in the first place but if you don't disconnect the autopilot or if you don't disconnect your cruise control Whose fault is that? The car, the airplane, or the operator?
0: Yeah, good call. You know, and, and the thing is, it, it is the car's fault, the airplane's fault for a second. But you're right. If you, don't, if you don't recognize the problem and don't fix the problem, then it becomes it becomes pilot error. I'm with you on that one. Uh, and it is interesting that Boeing isn't trying hard to defend it. The Problem is, though, now I think the perception is, is gone. It's over. It's, I mean, people are not going to ride a 737 MAX. I think they've got, you know, it's, it's silly. They've got to rebrand it. They've got to name it something else. They've got to change some things. And maybe, just maybe, people will ride that airplane again under a different name and a different guys. But man, oh, man, it's it's hard to believe that that could have been preventable. Let's go back to the phone line. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you?
1: Yes, I'd like to recommend to you, and the only reason I called today was to tell you that Steve McFarland, uh, uh, Lane, is the person you were talking to. Yeah, Steve. And that he is by far the most. Uh, dedicated and uh, trained mechanic I've ever met, and anything to do with aeronautics or or uh, tracks up in the sky or anything, he's your man, and uh, I can't agree more. That's why Andy is never going to drive a car again, because humans are just full of mistakes.
0: <laughs> yes, we are. We've got a lot of them. Thank you, Seth. I appreciate the input on that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it, you want to say they were undertrained these pilots, but, I mean, aren't they trained in situations where if the plane, if, they, if the uh cruise control, if you will, or the the flight control goes haywire that they can override it and fix it, apparently they were not trained in that. Apparently, I don't know, but it costs people's lives and it's costing Boeing millions, maybe billions of dollars while they try to figure the whole problem out. It's too bad. Uh, we've got we've got to go. We've got to get a commercial break in, and Stephanie Parrish is here from Vibrant U to talk about, well, Vibrant U Hyperbaric Oxygen and Light Center. We'll talk to her in just a minute. I do you want to thank Joe Shoney, a local loan consultant, focusing on customer service? He gets four point nine one out of five stars online with two hundred and ninety reviews now, including a big thank you and five stars. Uh, from a St. George resident. They don't have their name on there. And then this is Cindy in Cedar said, thank you so much for making this home buyer's dream come true. Your team was amazing to work with. We love the updates along the way. You made this loan. And then in all caps, easy. That's Joe Shoney. The ref- uh, website is, uh, let's see, email joe.shoney at nafinc.com or call Joe today, 435-590-6300. We'll be right back.